thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozelik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozler. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this week we're going to talk about what to do when your partner isn't as paleo as you are. <laughs> so <laughs> the three of us are really lucky. Our, our partners are you know, really receptive to the whole idea and we'll get into a lot more about that later. But we know that a lot of you out there do struggle with this. You can kind of sound like you're in a cult sometimes, I think, or people people freak yeah. out a little bit when you're on paleo and, and your partners are not really any exception to that. So we want to talk today about kind of how to get through that, maybe how to convert. I don't know. Are we allowed to use that word? <laughs> convert your partner. And, now you um, really are sounding yeah, cultish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I swear we're nice people. Lead by example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How to lead by example and how to how to overcome those barriers. Nice. So I think we're gonna again, like I said, we're we're really lucky. So I think we can start with maybe why it works so well for us that our partners are paleo. I can tell you the first time I tried to get Ryan to learn about paleo, I just um, he was cooking dinner, and I turned on one of the Wellness Guys episodes as loud as I could, and so so we actually couldn't talk. So he had to listen to it. Yeah. And at the end, he was like, "Cool, let's try that." Yeah. Yeah. So it worked really well. I think you can probably start by talking about what doesn't work. Like, what doesn't work is telling your partner they have to go paleo. (laughs) It's like, I know best, you have to do what I say, doesn't work. And and what, what I think is important is remembering that everyone comes from a different perspective. Like, everyone's got a different background, everyone's got a different knowledge base. And so, you know, the fact that you've just spent the last 12 hours reading paleo blogs and, like, you know, researching and reading books and podcasts and whatever, you know, your partner doesn't have that same information and knowledge base. And so, you know, you can't just assume that they're going to get it. Like, you know, for a lot of us, paleo has happened. I mean, for me particularly, like, paleo has not just happened overnight. It's happened over, like, 10 years. Yeah. You know, and so you can't just expect someone else to go overnight to get what it took you 10 years to get. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and so I think, that, as you said, it's that information thing is making sure you're sharing that information uh, of just saying hey look you know here's some information that's out there you know maybe you want to look at it maybe you don't that's cool um, and letting people come to it in their own time if they indeed want to come to it at all like yeah. it, it just what doesn't work is just trying to force it down someone's throat and the more you try and force someone the more they're going to resist and push back mm-hmm. and not want a bar of it so I think that's a really important point when you talk about partners oh so that's, that's I think what worked really well for me was that it wasn't me telling him yeah. that it, it was you know this was a good idea it was that's why I put on one of the podcasts because I knew that the person on the podcast was more knowledgeable articulate and um, reputable I guess than, yeah. than what I had been doing yes. yeah so just play our podcast in the background is what you're saying yeah, yeah, totally. That's why we did the first 12 episodes of right. Introduction to Paleo. That's exactly what I was going to say, because I, it, actually there's a, a couple of uh, instances along this whole discussion just this morning that um, made me realise that actually I, I wasn't the early adopter here. Luke actually yeah. discovered Paleo first. It was him that put me onto it, which is really awesome. And the way that he did that was because he listens to podcasts. Yeah. It all started with him listening to a tech podcast that led him down the, you know, down the rabbit hole of finding more information about health. And um, <clears throat> I was at a state in my life where 
I really needed to change something. And I was just at that crucial receptive moment of him putting on this podcast and saying, hey, I thought you'd be interested in this. And I t- can I just give a quick shout out to Luke? Because Luke is the <laughs> IT guru, and he's not being called that, but he is the IT guru for all of our shows on the couch, and he is amazing at what he does. So we just want to give a big thank you to Luke while we're at it, I reckon. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Thank you, darling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so through that, I was exposed to uh, different ways of eating, and you know, it's it's that whole lead by example thing. Um, and actually, the, the, for, for us, it wasn't, but that is a really good way to go. Um, <laughs> for us, it was um, just discovering new information and being exposed to things and ways of thinking that we hadn't thought before. So for him showing that to me and me being a chiropractor and having done a lot of physiology study, it just made perfect sense. And that, that echoes back to what you were saying about everyone being at a different knowledge base. Where yeah. Luke came across it, I made sense of it and then adopted it even further and harder and stronger than <laughs> uh, Luke originally did. So... Um, It's really interesting how just giving people information, uh, not unsolicited, not if they haven't asked for it, not thrusting it in their face, but, you know, if someone does come to you and say, hey, what are you doing? You've got more energy. I haven't seen you look this way before. You know, that's when you can sort of say, oh, yeah, I've listened to this podcast or I came across this thing. And and that's a really nice introduction, I think. Yeah. And that's a really interesting point where you're saying that sort of not unsolicited. Like, I think that's a really key point that... A lot of the time, it's actually almost like the less you talk about it, the more people want to know. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you just sort of plant little seeds here and there and don't go on about it and don't bang on about it, and then you can get them to go, hang on, what did you just say? Like, tell me more about that. And, and once you get them actually saying, tell me more about that, that's when you've got the opportunity to really actually speak to someone and actually speak to someone who's listening because that's yeah. a kind of important part if you actually want to have a conversation <laughs> rather than a lecture. No kidding. Because you need someone who actually wants to listen. And so I think that's the really important is to wait until they're ready to hear it and then you can share the information with them. Yeah, but I think that works well with friends and family sort of thing. But when it's your partner and you're eating, you know, three meals a day with them or you're making breakfast, lunch and dinner, it's not really easy to wait or just see how it goes. Because if you've decided to make that change and you're the one making dinner, I mean, they're going to know right away. And, and I guess it's just a bit of a different topic. Yeah, I think that's really where having clear communication um, is key, right? So I think for you, if you've made this decision to try a, even if it's just a trial, um, to see how your body responds to a new way of eating, to eating cleaner and and more sustainably and more organically, um, you need to sit down with them and say, look, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to do it for me. I'm not going to force you into it. You don't have to partake. And you also, in this instance, if you're not going to join me on this journey and eat what I'm eating, I need you to take over and look after your own food whilst I look after my own and what I put into my body. Um, And then at the end of 30 days, we can come back and discuss this again or whatever it is, whatever you set in motion. But just make sure you're really clear with the communication. And Steph was saying earlier, um, when we were just discussing this episode, she made a really good point about, you know, that's not really a paleo problem if your partner's not supporting you you in that um, because every partner if, if you're in a relationship they should want to support you to be better than you are currently or to support you in doing whatever it is that you want to do and, and makes you a, a better person so if you have someone that's sabotaging that um, that's not a it's, a it's a paleo issue in terms of um, mental clarity and stress management and that sort of thing but it's also just a human issue of making sure the relationships you've got going on are, are good for you and healthy and yeah. growth. 
And I think you're dead right. It comes back to that kind of honesty of communication. Like just being able to actually really sit down and have those conversations where you let them know, look, this is what I'm choosing to do. Like it's not a reflection on you. It's not a judgment on you. This is just what I'm choosing to do. And this is how it makes me feel. Like this is how I feel. And, you know, and if they're, you know, judging you or criticizing or, you know, then let them know how you feel about that. And, And so just let them know how you feel and let them let you know how they feel. Like just have a really honest conversation about that and, and focus on the solution. Like the solution might be, as you said, that you each cook your own meal or the solution might be that, hey, do you know what? Because I know that you're not ready to change, but I'm wanting to make this change for us. Well, then I'm going to cook both meals. Like I'm going to do, you know, yeah. cook two different things because I'm the one that's wanting to change and do something different. So I'm willing to, you know, so just focus on that solution of how you can make it work in your household. And I'll talk about some things we've done in our household later. Yeah. And just remember that um, with, with this Food is only one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And if you are constantly having anxiety over food or being, like Yana said, sabotaged by your partner or family or friends or grandparents or caregivers or whatever in this respect, and it's causing you all sorts of anxiety, you're actually going to have a lot of health repercussions from that as well. So it's super important to get your goals kind of set out straight and understand, get clear on why you're doing it and and make sure that the people around you at least understand it enough to be able to support you. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it comes back to purpose. And um, I, it's interesting. I did um, a rebirthing course last year. And in that, Bron sort of prompted us to think about the purpose of our relationship. And that seemed like such a foreign idea to me. You know, what's the purpose of your relationship? Well, I don't know. It's, it's I love him. That's why I'm with him. Isn't that a purpose enough? And it was really interesting to sort of investigate that question. And since then, I've applied that to a lot of areas of my life. You know, what is the purpose of what I'm doing? What's the greater picture? And that fits into having a good why, right? And so I think another part of that, and Brett's definitely spoken about the purpose and why before. And when we were talking about in our episode about how to get kids to eat healthy, Mm -hmm. um, it's so important to understand that you've got to find those motivators or those drivers or the things that are going to inspire people to want to change. Um, isn't it? That, that yeah, absolutely. Like I you, just love you the way to, you talk about this. Well, I think you, you do. You, you need to be clear on why you're doing it to start with. Because yeah. if you're not clear on why you're doing it, you're going to have battle to communicate that to someone else and to really help them understand why you're doing what you're doing. And I think at the end of the day, like if you've got a loved one and you can really honestly tell them why you're doing what you're doing and what the benefit is that you see for you and not just yourself, but for you as a couple, um, then, you know, if they really love you, then they're going to support that and they're going to say, okay, like I can see why you're doing this. I can see what you're doing this for. You know, that's something I want to help you with. I mean, that, that just seems like a no-brainer to me. But it's, it is the ability to understand why you're doing what you're doing and, and communicate and have that really open, honest communication that's vital. Um, and then if you can actually help your partner see why it might help them get what they want, then that's going to make it even easier again, you know, because your partner has a different why to you, yeah. right? And, I mean, they may have exactly the same, but it's probably unlikely that we're all different. <laughs> and so they've got their own why and their own reason for doing things and their own motivators and their own drivers. And so, you know, helping them, you know, showing them stuff that shows them how it helps them achieve their goals is a really useful thing to do as well. So, you know, if you know that there's something, you know, if, they, if you know that they're like a footy player and they're into footy, then if you find something that's paleo that's all about, you know, how, I don't know, paleo helps footballers have less injuries, I'm just 
making this up. But you know, you're just <laughs> going to send that to them and go, "Hey, this is interesting. You know, I thought you might like this." And you know, but but show them how it fits in with their why. I think is a really good thing if you want to help them sort of see the the purpose of it all. Yeah, and we're not telling you to manipulate your partner. <laughs> um, does that sound like that it, bad? It, it does. Well, it sounds like that. But again, it goes back to that communication thing, right? Like if if you're really in a in a solid relationship, you should be able to have this this type of communication without having to trick your partner or manipulate them yeah. in, in such a way. Well, and I guess it depends on where you're coming from as well. Like, if you're coming from the perspective of, like, I'm trying to manipulate you because I want to be right, then they're going to feel that, right? Whereas if you come from the perspective of, I love you and I know what your goals are and I, want, I really want to help you achieve your goals and I think this might help you, they're going to feel that too. So exactly. you've just got to be, like, really clear with yourself of, okay, what is my intention? Like, am I literally just nitpicking and trying to win an argument here? Or am I actually sharing this because it's for the greater good and, and you know, because I care for you? And I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, definitely. And so let's say your partner, you know, you've had these conversations and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to support you, but I don't really want to do it with you. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, cooking separate meals and stuff. But another thing um, in that situation is what happens to your kids, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got two parents. Um, yeah, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I think this works for, like, for me and for the kids because, obviously, um, you know, because Beck and I are a little bit different on this. Like, Beck isn't as paleo as I am. And so, you know, what we do work with, though, is what I have said is, look, there's, a, there's just a few non-negotiables for me. Like, there's some things that I've just said, look, this stuff, and I've given the reasons why, and said, look, here's the research, here's, like, whatever you need to know to understand this. But, like, for instance, artificial sweeteners, like, there's no excuse or reason that my kids should ever get artificial artificial sweetness like that's just a no-go zone from my point of view there's no way they're getting that so that goes out you know um you know really wheat and gluten almost exclusively like they're, they're, i'm sure they get it on the very rare occasions in you know grandparents or whatever but it's that's pretty much an out like we just know that in our household we don't do that so you know you can what you need to do is say okay what are the like what are the really you know you kind of pick your battles in a relationship yeah. you know you, you have there has to be some give and take here and so you've got to sit down and think okay well what is it that i absolutely just will not compromise on Right? And what are the things that, okay, like, I'm happy to compromise a little bit here. So, you know, there's things that happen in our household. Like, my kids will sometimes have, like, a little rice cracker or something because Beck likes those and she finds those easy and convenient. Now, when I'm feeding the kids, they don't have those. But when Beck's feeding the kids, sometimes they do. And I've kind of gone, okay, for us right now, you know, that's a, that's a negotiable, you know. And, you know, I'd like that to change. But, you know, there's always things you like to change. And so... I think you have to pick your battles and say, okay, what are the absolute non-negotiables for me in my relationship and then also for me with my kids? Um, and we have this same thing going on with the grandparents where it's like, okay, we sort of say to the grandparents, you know, because they want to do all sorts of different stuff and, you know, bless them. They, they love these little grandkids and they want to cook them special treats and they want to do all this stuff. And so, you know, we say, look, okay, like lollies, you know, they're just out. Like our kids just don't do that, um, you know. Wheat is out, you know, we have those certain non-negotiables. And then there's other things where it's like, you know, I know that they go to Nonna's house and they might have, like, some cottage cheese or some yogurt or, you know, things like that. And I'm like, okay, I just, I just let that slide. You know, that, that's not my battle to pick. You know, I'd rather have a really great harmonious relationship with the grandparents and kids who have a little bit of yogurt and a little bit of cottage cheese every now and then. Well, yeah, and that goes back to the stress in the body as well. So if you're feeling anxious and stuff about those choices, then yeah. it's, it's going to ruin a different aspect of your life, which 
which will contribute negatively to your well, health and, anyway. And if it's ruining your relationship with your partner or ruining your relationship with your mother-in-law, or, you know, like yeah. that, that's not doing you any favours. No, exactly. Yeah, we had our um, talk that was our Think World talk last night, which was talking about stress. And um, I was doing a little bit of research to see if I could come up with some figures around stress because I hadn't actually done much around that. But the, the number three symptom that comes about from stress is GIT upset, gastrointestinal mm. upset. And... You know, a lot of the reason people come to paleo is because they've got digestive upset. So it kind of is so counterproductive to be stressing about something that is actually not helping you. Yeah, and the other one is sugar cravings. So, yeah. You know, a lot of people are coming <laughs> yeah. to paleo because they wanted to try and beat their sugar cravings yeah. and get away from that. But you know, then they're stressing themselves out, and all of a sudden you're like going, "Wow, this sugar craving thing's harder than I." You know, yeah. you're just making it harder for yourself by That's stressing right. out. Stress makes you crave sugar, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so another really good strategy is just to. Make Make it as easy as possible for your partner, right? Yeah. So if you are really passionate about paleo and you really want to make sure that you're eating really well at home or that your kids are eating really well, then you do need to take some responsibility for that and take some initiative. And maybe you're cooking bulk meals or maybe you're taking over dinner. Or maybe your partner's doing the dishes or, you know, sort of split up that responsibility so that you get you get the onus is on you to cook these right meals. And I loved what Brett said the other day that he cooks a big batches of um, egg muffins for breakfast because that's something that Beck can feed the kids. She doesn't actually have to cook breakfast. I'm sure she doesn't actually care what they're eating. And, you know, she does, but well, no, yeah, what, that bad. <laughs> no, no, what I mean, what I mean is that, you know, if you're going to cook, if you're going to yeah, cook yeah. and she's like, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't have to deal with it. So, Absolutely. So yeah, making making it as easy as possible for your partner is really key. Yeah, and that's certainly been a big thing for me. Like I think traditionally in our household, Beck has been the one that's done a lot of, if not all of the cooking. And so for me, it has been a realization that, okay, well, if I want to do this, if I want to change this, then I do have to step up and I do have to take more responsibility. Um, and so that's something I have definitely been working on is, is stepping up more and, and taking charge more and making more things. And do you know what? I'm actually really liking it. I'm yeah. getting in the kitchen, I'm cooking things and trying out things and you know, I've, I've actually gone from someone who literally, like, I was like, I need a cookbook. Like, I need a recipe or I just can't do it. <laughs> to all of a sudden, like, hey, I can actually experiment with this and I can add different ingredients and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm liking yeah. it. Yeah, cool. I've, I've definitely noticed that in the practice you come in and telling us about your creations. It's very cool. Yeah, I've been yeah. enjoying watching that journey. And fun things, like I'm making jerky and I'm making kombucha and I'm doing all sorts of cool different things now, which yeah. is great. It's very true. Well, the other thing is, like, sell the parts of paleo that your partner's going to like. Yeah. So <laughs> Start if, with the easy bits. Yeah, yeah. Like bacon. If they, love, if they love steak, for example, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. give her. Like, eat as much steak as you want. Yeah. And, um, find their favorite vegetable and eat those sort of thing. Like, don't focus on what you're not eating anymore. Like, focus on focus on all the awesome things. Yeah. And then, I, of course, how you feel after you eat them as well. I mean, the classic example of this is uh, is Dean. And I don't know if Dean's listening to these shows, but Dean's a farmer from the southeast, and he's great. And he's such a classic, you know, old school farmer. And he was like, "So, what's this about this paleo diet, right?" And I start telling him, "Look, you can have like massive steak and veggies for dinner." He's like. Hell yeah! Where do I sign up for that? You know, I'm on board. And so, you know, if you, if you sell the, you know, do the easy bit first, then you can work on the harder bits later. But you know, and it's once again, it's that thing of adding rather than taking. You know, if you focus first on what they can add in rather than what they can't have anymore, you know, you find that if you keep adding in all those good things, then the bad things tend to just fade away anyway because they've filled up on the good stuff. So just focus on okay, what's a couple of paleo ingredients I could just add in here? And you know, yeah. it could be as simple as like they're having breakfast cereal in the morning. Well 
let's at least get some like LSA or some nuts into there or you know maybe we'll just add in some almond milk instead of some you know like just how can I start to change this into a into a more healthy direction what can I add in and then let the takeaway come later yeah definitely and I think that's a really great way of doing things it, it what I've found personally is that the substitution thing is a really interesting hmm. pathway to go down um, having done anti-candida before we did a lot of substitution of you know we can't eat this but we can create something that's similar with different ingredients and that was really helpful however it can also become a trap so it, it's something that if you're doing that for a partner I think it's a trap because they're going to be expecting it to taste like their good old standard <laughs> spaghetti bolognese and what are you feeding me this is squash bolognese that's what <laughs> Help, that's disgusting I don't want to eat it so it's a it's you, you, you've got to know the person that you're working with if they're open to experimenting and they like their sort of a foodie, yeah, they like yeah. trying new things, awesome. But if they're stuck in their ways, they've had the same meal day in, day out for their entire life, then, get, you know, if they've had cereal with milk, like frosties yeah, with yeah. milk every day of their life, and then you all of a sudden you rock up with some forage and some almond milk, yeah. they're probably not going to take to it too kindly if you yeah. think, if you, you know, sort of... And again, it comes back to that. Not forcing them, whoops, um, <laughs> not forcing them into doing things, but allowing them to make those yeah, choices exactly. themselves. And picking the easy thing first, picking right? Because if you try that and they hate it, you go, okay, well, let's try something else. Like, we're not going to keep bashing away at this same drum. We're going to yeah. go, okay, maybe that's not the one to do right now. Let's pick something else. But I'm sorry, if someone comes home to, you know, a really beautiful roast and roasted yeah. vegetables and a nice salad, like, no one's going to complain. No, no. And let me tell you, I have never had Unless a complaint. Unless <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. But... but you can still do good roast veggies, right? You can. Are you Absolutely. sure? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Without duck fat, are you... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You know, one of the other tips, well, one of the other tricks we've used in our house is that, you know, I know that if the like if there's other food in the house, like if there's like non-paleo food and sugary food and that sort of stuff in the house, I'm not the best at resisting it. Like I, I don't have the greatest willpower. Like I know that for me, making the best decisions usually happens at the supermarket. And if I just don't buy it, if it's not in my house, then I don't eat it and I'm too lazy to go and get it. So one thing I have found is that um, you know if I know there's like chocolate and stuff in the house, I'll be like looking for it I'll be like okay you know because you always have that time when you're a bit stressed or you're a bit tired and all of a sudden you start to crave and so what we've done in our house is we have kind of Beck has got her cheat box right? so I bought her I actually bought her this for Valentine's Day <laughs> so I, I bought her a cheat box and said look here's your cheat box like you can put whatever you want in that box but it stays over there like it's gonna just in the corner of the kitchen like next to the cupboard but somewhere where I don't kind of necessarily go and I don't look in there so I have no idea what's in there and, and so for me it's completely psychological and crazy but it works for me that I'm like okay I open the cupboard I look at what's there I'm like great here's some food I can do and what's in the cheat box I'm like oh no that's not my stuff I just don't even think of it and it makes it easier for me to, to stay on my mission yeah it's interesting because it, 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 you're saying it's completely psychological it reminds me of a story of one of my practice members who was uh, married to a guy who was trying to quit smoking had said he'd quit but she knew he was still smoking <laughs> and he didn't know that she knew or he knew that she knew and didn't tell her what you know one of those things but <laughs> what it led to she said you know what I don't care that he hasn't told me he's smoking again I can smell it on his breath I can smell it on his clothes I'm not stupid but at the very least at least he's not smoking around me as much I'm not having to breathe <laughs> in as much because he's trying to cover it up so yeah, yeah. it's you know it's 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 I was thinking about this story as you were talking. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a sharp 
pointy end to that stick. But you know what? Smoking and sugar are probably very similar <laughs> on the scale of what they cause and how many cancers they create in people. So it's probably not that far off the truth. So at least if your partner, my point is, I am getting somewhere with this. <laughs> at least if your partner is acknowledging that it's something that you don't want around um, the house because you don't have the willpower to ignore it. Um, then they're going to be uh, um, assisting you on your journey in, in any case, even if they're not going down that path themselves. Yeah, and it shows that they are still going out of their way to help you in, in that sense yeah. as well. So what I was going to say, it just brings it back to those non-negotiables and, and it also limits the arguments as well. So, you know, because again, if you're going to be paleo and your partner's not or your partner's not going to be fully paleo, if you want your relationship to last, you can't always be nitpicking every time you see them eat something. Like you yeah. have to know that that's what they want. And Ryan and I did that with our budget. You know, he's out of town a lot and I'm home a lot. So, and I'm a girl, I spent a lot more money than he did, for example. So yeah. we decided to each make our own like fun money budget. And that was our budget. And quite frankly, we haven't had any arguments about what we buy now because we can buy whatever we want with that amount of money. And that's, that's that. So it has to be in the same sense, a little bit like that with diet. And so for us, for example, restaurants are free for all. You can buy, you can get whatever you want at a restaurant. I will not criticize you for getting whatever you want at the restaurant because you there he knows what he wants he's he knows his options and he's an adult he's yeah. an adult exactly and it's interesting because as a wellness coach people don't really like going out with me because they think that i'm always <laughs> judging it's them so funny isn't it right it's amazing yeah. but quite frankly i don't want to be stressed out about your decisions so i'm going to make what decisions are best for me and i'm going to you know, not bother you about them, provided you know your options, and yeah, and that's just how we move forward. And it's that thing about unsolicited advice again, isn't yeah. it? Like you're not going to stand there and go, oh, 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 you shouldn't be ordering that. What do you think you did? That's that's not your business. Your business yeah. is to give them the information and let them make their choices themselves. And if they ask you for advice, then you can give it. But and and do you know what? It's hard. Like particularly it is when, you, hard. when you're new yeah. on the paleo journey, particularly oh. like you know when you first start and you're like, oh, oh my god, this is amazing. Everybody needs to. Oh. Oh, that I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah, yeah that was absolutely And I know I've done this, and yeah. I know I've nitpicked. Mm-hmm. Meg makes me sit there going, oh, you so do. You so do. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've done that. And so I'm a bit the same. Like We definitely have sort of come to a, an agreement here. Like Particularly for us, it's like date night. It's like, okay, date night, I just zip my lip. Like, whatever Meg orders, <laughs> it's like, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to have that conversation mm-hmm. because, you know, date night is more important than that. And, you know, there's other times we can have those conversations or whatever. And uh, But I think it's a really important point yeah if you are just sitting there nitpicking and going over it then it's it is just going to lead to arguments it's going to lead to conflict and at the end of the day you know that like i said they, they just need to come to it at their own time and in their own way should we talking about conflict should, <laughs> yeah. should we briefly touch on what happens if you're divorced and you have kids yeah it's a really challenging one i reckon i, I know a few couples who are in this situation where you know they have split up and and they've sort of gone their own separate, you know, while they were together, they managed to have that negotiation and they managed to sort of come to a, you know, a happy medium, I guess, and find a bit of common ground. But often what happens is, you know, they split up and, and often they split up because they are going in their own separate ways in a variety of areas. Uh, but often one of them can be really the food choices. And, and I think it's a really hard thing. But I, th- I think it does just come back to the communication aspect of it, you know, is you really need to talk about the why um, and you really need to teach your kids the why um, because, but it is hard when they're getting mixed messages from different parents. I think it's such a challenging one. 
And I think the one thing I would say to the parents is that, you know, make sure you understand why you're teaching your kids what you're teaching them and why you're doing what you're doing. Because, you know, sometimes it comes across a bit like some of these parents are actually, you know, more intent on kind of maintaining a bit of an argument with their ex-partner and point scoring and winning points from their ex-partner. And, you know, that just shouldn't be something that happens with your kids. I think your kids' health is too important. You really need to really... And and I think this comes back to the nitpicking. It comes back to all those things we're talking about. You need to really sit back and analyse, like... Why am I saying what I'm just about to say? Like, is it because... Am I saying this really for the good of my partner or the good of my kids? Or am I saying this because I want to point score and win an argument? And I think that's probably the key. If, if you can't answer that sort of honestly and feel good about your answer, then you really need to analyse what you're doing. Yeah. It's... Uh, I, I have no concept of this. I have no experience of it. Um, but I have certainly witnessed, not in the food realm, but just in the way that um, divorced couples communicate with their kids, the messages that they send them, and often about their about their their uh, significant other who's no longer mm. their significant other. I don't know how to say that. Their divorcee. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> and what I've come to decide for me, if it, you know, if if someone ever asked me advice of how to handle it, um, is that you know, kids are really smart. And if you if you give them information and give them your why, even if they're too young to understand it at that point in time and they don't take it on board and they might not take it on board for a decade or two, but if you've given them the information, they'll put two and two together when they get older. And I, I think my point is, if I were in that situation, I would rather have given my children the information and have them come to it later on mm. than for them to never hear it or not hear it until they're 50 and it's, you know, beyond realms of being able to engage in and change in their life. It's, it's honestly got to be one of the hardest things to go through, but I think it comes back to giving them the information, not forcing it down their throat, creating a situation where... um, they might ask you questions Mm. that you can then answer and it's not easy and it's back to that thing of you know are we manipulating people into asking us questions Um, but I think if you're coming from a place of love and wanting the best for people then you can't go wrong and I think it does come back to those sort of just those basic rules of communication where it's like you can't just be telling someone what to do or how to live their life like it needs to be you know you're saying look you know let them know what you're choosing to do like what this is the approach I'm choosing to take this is why I'm choosing to take it and let them know how it makes you feel like so if you're not if you're talking about your kids you can say look you know this is why I'm choosing you know I'm gonna take the gluten out of the kids because I'm just finding that I've researched some information this is how it affects their brain or their gut or whatever you want to talk about and let them know how you feel like I'm just a bit concerned because I have noticed that this has been going on or their behavior has been a bit erratic and I'm just concerned that maybe the gluten is causing that problem and if you can let people know how you feel then that you don't tend to have that argument where if you try and let people know that you're right then that's when yeah. you have that conflict definitely yeah and that leads us to what should be our last point of today is just I think introducing things on a trial basis is mm. always key yeah. so you can't start and by by saying we are just never drinking again from here on out and that's the first thing your partner's ever heard you say <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. it has to be hey you know what I kind of want to see how this is going to go maybe we can do a 30-day trial or a one-week trial. Let's see Let's see how we can do it. Um, and that, in my experience, is how Ryan kind of got onto it, was he said, hey, let's. I can try anything for 30 days. Let's <laughs> nice. Let's try it. And Very cool. Yeah, Very cool you, attitude. 
Yeah, I think I think that's really going to be a good strategy if you are trying to introduce something. And again, not going full blown either. Kind of picking one thing that you want to trial out in a, yeah. in a period and see how it goes. And, and once again, like pick the easy one. Like you know, just yeah. pick the one thing that's going to be like easiest for you to change, or perhaps most important. Like you know, that you can you think it's easiest going to be convince them to change. You know, like pick the easy option first. Just pick the sort of low hanging fruit first, and you can work on the others later. Yeah, well, and especially when it comes to kids, right? Like getting rid of gluten for a certain period of time, like you'll have different kids. You won't want to go back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully, we gave you some good strategies to um, broach this topic with your partner or kind of work through any obstacles you've been facing now. And uh, until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Are you ready to take your life to the next level? What about being world-class in anything that you do? Ready to hang out with like-minded people and mix with the wellness leaders of Australia? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, then we'll love to see you at the Wellness Summit. But hurry, it's fast approaching, coming up on Saturday, August the 17th at the Crown Melbourne. Tickets are just $147 and can be booked online at thewellnesssummit.com. See you there. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.